Hey everyone, this is part three of our series of Unions and the Mob, Reputa Reputation versus Reality, where we talk a little bit about, you know, the legacy of corruption in the International Brotherhood of Teamsters and how it was pretty localized to certain areas, what that actually meant, and also a lot in this particular episode about David Beck and Jimmy Hoffa. If you want the full episode, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash workstoppage. It supports our show. We are entirely listener-supported, so we appreciate you if you do that. And if you can't afford to become a patron right now, go ahead and jump in the Discord, message one of the admins, and we would be happy to hook you up with this and our other mini historical series that we do on unions and union organizing and such. But again, we are entirely listener-supported, so any help is truly appreciated. With that... I'll get you on with this little preview and solidarity forever. So this type of business unionism, which that was a common denominator between Tobin and Beck, while Daniel Tobin did act genuinely fight against corruption, uh, he had no intention of making the Teamsters a you know militant fighting organization of the working class. So this type of business unionism, which was a common denominator between Daniel Tobin and Dave Beck. Uh, while while Tobin was certainly more of an actual fighter against corruption than Dave Beck ever was, they certainly agreed that unionism was business pure and simple. And, and while that sort of unionism did produce some short-term gains for workers uh, with wages and benefits for Teamster members continually improving through the 30s and 50s, and that did help basically suppress the development of any sort of rank-and-file reform movement that might fight for, for, for better. The operation of the union with a, basically a total lack of democracy with leadership appointments being made largely by members of the current leadership rather than ha by having real elections, it created a, a problem where the union was much weaker than it should have been. Like, as long as contracts kept improving, major opposition movements failed to materialize, but... Long term, this was a problem because once corporations began fighting unions much harder in the 60s and 70s, the lack of rank and file engagement, the lack of democracy, the lack of investment in workers in running their own union mm -hmm. became an enormous problem for the union. It, 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 and the lack of avenues for workers to take control of local struggles and lead the initiative and be creative in fighting back against the bosses, all of that greatly hamstrung any efforts by Teamster leadership to fight back. And if you want some more information on that, definitely check out our Decline of American Unionism series. Yeah, I mean, I ended up watching a couple different interviews with Jimmy Hoffa, and one of the things that stuck out to me was he's like, you know, you don't respect people who don't, you know, present themselves in a certain way. You know, this big building is supposed to, you know, demand respect from the businesses, and it really kind of, at least to me, showed the mentality of, like, you just have to posture like you're strong, mm -hmm. and yeah. that's really what does all the work. It's not actually the rank and file. It's me, the big, tough, smart guy. Well, and uh, it really pervaded a lot of the things in the future that even represent some unions now. Well, I think it's so fascinating because that exact attitude is what leads to the atrophy of like mm -hmm. organizational effectiveness within these organizations. It's it's fascinating that like the the ability to reform and renew and and constantly be in in a position of strength is like you know keeping your muscles strong. You have to use them or you lose them. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I honestly think that that's been a running theme that we've kind of learned through all of the, the labor history that we've covered on the show. We keep seeing that <laughs> over and over again. Um, but speaking of Jimmy Hoffa, we've been talking mostly about Dave Beck. So let's go to the other half of the big leadership team that would come in to replace Daniel Tobin. So James Riddle Hoffa, or more commonly known as Jimmy Hoffa, the Riddler. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so he first joined the Teamsters when he was working on the loading docks at Kroger in Detroit in the 1930s. Yes, Kroger has been around that long. Um, he and his coworkers, and I love this tactic because it's real basic, um, but it's smart. He, so he and his coworkers held a strike for better pay, and they specifically timed their work stoppage for when a delivery of fresh strawberries had arrived. So basically telling the bosses, hey, we want more pay. And by the way, if you don't give it to us, that shit's all going to rot because nobody's going to move it. <laughs> yeah, that's Hell really yeah. smart. <laughs> so these sorts of, of like obvious understandings of how leverage works – quickly saw him identified as a strong organizer. And so he rose very fast in the Detroit Teamsters, specifically local 299. By 1946, he'd actually been elected president of that local. And from 1937 to 1950, the two primary locals that Hoffa was involved with, 299 and 337, grew their combined membership by a factor of 10. Okay, Jimmy. Damn. (laughs) And yeah, and, and so like, and again, I know I said, we talked about how like the union as a whole grew by a lot, but that is still twice the already incredibly high rate of growth of the union, like nationally. So mm-hmm. like there was a lot of very effective organizing being done in Detroit during this period. Well, and you can see, I mean, like that's impressive. I'm impressed. Like that makes sense that he would become a leader. Yeah. He yeah. added a digit to the membership of those locals. <laughs> yeah. Like- <laughs> And and so during his tenure as presidency of Local 299, Hoffa became known as a labor leader willing to use whatever tactics were necessary to win battles. He pleaded no contest to charges from the state of Michigan that the Teamsters violated antitrust laws by participating in a collusive arrangement of trash haulers in Detroit, which won workers higher wages by helping trash collecting companies fix prices and reduce competition. During disputes between the trash cartel and an independent trash hauling firm that was unwilling to join the cartel, one of the firm's buildings was bombed, allegedly with the involvement of the Teamsters. And this is when Jimmy Hoffa guest starred on The Sopranos. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he was just as willing to work with or destroy unions affiliated with radical left-wing ideology as Beck was. In 1941... Hoffa was dispatched to Minnesota by national leadership of the Teamsters to bring the Minneapolis locals into line when the leadership of the union issued an edict forcing all communists out of union office positions. Mm. And Pharrell Dobbs, who is a prominent Trotskyist organizer with the Teamsters in Minneapolis, whose rise kind of paralleled time-wise Hoffa's, and he had been like one of the lead organizers of the 1934 general strike in Minneapolis. But still, he found himself targeted by this edict, and he had no interest in resigning his position with the Minneapolis locals. But so Hoffa was sent in by the leadership, and he brought in strong arm squads and got assistance from the fucking cops to basically force Dobbs and his defenders out of the union. And Hoffa's other main job there was not just to force Dobbs out of the union, 
but to make sure that when he did that, that the Minneapolis locals would not just secede from the Teamsters and form a new independent block. Mm. And his willingness to do this, to stab a fellow Teamster organizer in the back for his uh, political affiliation, was rewarded with a quick ascent in the union hierarchy. So he essentially, like, staged a strong-arm, like, coup of the local situation. Yeah. More or less. Pretty much. Opportunism, folks. Also, Dobbs, what a goofy last name. Why do Trotskyists always have the goofiest last names anyway? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I mean it's well, and it's a real shame because, like, look, I'm you know I'll make my criticisms of Trotskyists, but like the organization mm-hmm. of the Minneapolis 1934 general strike was incredibly impressive. Like that mm-hmm. was a really high m- like moment in labor history, and for political expediency and to get rid of you know uh, an agitator, somebody who wouldn't play ball with the opportunistic business unionist style of of leadership under both Tobin and Dave Beck. The leadership and Hoffa were happy to just throw this, you know, like at, at this point, legendary organizer completely out of the union entirely. So, I mean, these are, this is, this is the sort of thing opportunism leads you to do, to mm-hmm. shoot your own organization in the foot that way. And now while there was, you know, some goons that were hired for this sort of thing, Hava's first use of like explicitly involving violence in organizing was actually defensive. Um, facing attacks by company-hired thugs during an organizing drive in Detroit, he turned to a local criminal outfit, the Purple Gang, for help fighting back. I, I do always love these names of, of organized crime outfits from the 30s and 40s because they sound so quaint now. Yeah, it's very warriors come out and play. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like you know when you're in middle school with your friends and you start a group name, like that's how they picked it. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like whatever color like pennies they gave you in gym that day. Yeah, well, it's fine. They had they had never seen like uh, Power Rangers or X Men, so we got to cut them <laughs> some slack. True. Like, <laughs> so.
From four eyes grow to the carmine blade There'll be starvation, confusion and rage Can't live onward, your government claim When salvation comes, we'll be in our graves Long after I'm gone, the world will change We'll endure plan red flag, carmine blade Do it with us, with sweat and Long after I'm gone, the world will change.